Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Asian Madness Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things true crime, morbid, mysterious, and odd from the Asian continent. I am your host, Jessica. Hey everyone, welcome back to part 2 of episode 48. I totally appreciate it if you're sticking around for part 2, but I would also 100% understand if this wasn't your thing. In this episode, I will finish discussing the remaining chapters, the public's reaction to this book, what happened to the author after this strange book was published, and possibly other tidbits that may be relevant to this topic. Thank you all again. And let's begin the episode. Chapter 6. Gas Poisoning When we think of gas poisoning, I guess we usually think of either sitting at home and being unaware that your gas is leaking, or poisoning yourself with the fumes coming out of your vehicle. This is what happened to Conrad Roy after receiving texts from Michelle Carter telling him to go kill himself. You can find out more about that crazy case in the documentary. I love you, now die. The author thinks the whole sitting in the car part is a bit of a hassle, mostly the setup part, but also nowadays, it's not as easy to get carbon monoxide poisoning while sitting at home. Many newer setups and equipments try to avoid gas poisoning from happening, so it's all been redesigned, keeping households safer than usual, which is obviously a good thing. But assuming this is what someone is looking to do, The author was still able to compile a list of what items to prepare and instructions on how to carry it out. From the way this chapter is written, I get a sense that the author doesn't really recommend this method. As death isn't guaranteed, and it just isn't worth all the trouble. In many people's opinions, also the author's opinion, dying from gas poisoning is considered a quote-unquote beautiful way to die, as your body doesn't really suffer through changes or trauma, like, say, you would from jumping off a building. But one thing he warns the readers about is the possibility of explosions and fire. 
Sometimes a slight change in electrical appliances can cause major explosions when you got gas leaking in the air, and it may end up causing unnecessary damage to those near you, such as your neighbors. Sometimes it can even fail you and leave you alive and well, while someone else pays the price. In 1978, a man who was high on drugs decided to take his own life using carbon monoxide poisoning, but after waiting around for like two hours, he was still alive and conscious. Then he did something extremely, uh, dumb. He wanted a cigarette. Then everything goes boom, and during the boom, damage was caused to 28 different household units and 9 people were injured. He himself spent a month in the hospital before being discharged and was sentenced to prison for eight months. In 1976, a 20-year-old woman attempted suicide using the carbon monoxide poisoning method, but instead of dying, the gas ended up leaking elsewhere and unknowingly killed her neighbor who was sleeping upstairs. The stakes can be pretty high with this method. Similarly to hanging, if major trauma is caused to your brain and you manage to not die during gas poisoning, it can leave you with a lot of health issues that you may need to battle for the rest of your life. Chapter 7. Electrocuting I know I've said this many times, but this one sounds really painful. In statistics reported from 1991 in an area in Japan, around 56 people elected to use this method as a way to end their lives in the year 1991. 53 of them were men. The way it works with electrocuting goes something like this. You stop breathing, your heart stops beating, and your whole body goes into shock. It can be a quick death, and some people have said that this is a comfortable way to go, although I honestly cannot agree with that. The pain the person is said to suffer only lasts a few seconds, not long enough to really make a huge impact but this method can also be pretty unsuccessful. The author gives information and instructions on how to use wires and all that to make it work. And because this is my podcast, I won't be going into those details. But basically, all you need to do is get two ends of a wire attached to you and let the electricity through. Its fatality can also depend on where you attach the wires on you, as some areas on your body may be less prone to conducting electricity. Of course, the author includes charts and images of where to put them for a most effective experience. An important question is, what happens to the person as the shock is going through their body? A man awoke after being electrocuted, recounted that it felt like, quote, a kind of power overtaking me and I immediately passed out, end quote. Although someone dying from electrocution can become unconscious within seconds, it may take up to three minutes for the person to actually die. I guess the idea is that as long as you don't feel anything past the first few seconds, it's all good. Also, the body may also suffer less damage on the outside, making it another so-called pretty way to die. Chapter 8. Drowning the author considers this method one of the most painful ways to die, and you also end up looking very, uh, dead, and really does not recommend. I guess he only put this part in here because probably lots of people still choose this way. The premise is easy. As long as there's a body of water, be it a lake, ocean, your bathtub, or even a toilet bowl, this can be done. 
There's even been cases of people blackout drunk somewhere outdoors and drowning while it's pouring outside. That probably has more to do with being inebriated, but still. This method of suicide has been around for centuries, and interestingly enough, more women choose this method than men. I find it interesting how there's a pattern when it comes to men and women choosing suicide methods. Also, drowning may not really have anything to do with how comfortable you are in water or how good of a swimmer you are. You can't fight nature all the time. Sometimes, even the best swimmers can drown. The method the author describes when it comes to drowning is a bit of a hassle and a bit hard to carry out, in my opinion. He suggests that the best way is to tie your own hands and feet, which would be effective in drowning since you can't break free and swim to the surface. He also makes some extra suggestions to quicken the process and to make it work better, such as adding heavy things on you or getting drunk or taking sleeping pills. It's not as common, but there are some determined people who use this method and kill themselves in their own bathtubs. You would think it's easy to just stand up or climb out or something, right? I suppose there must be certain circumstances that make this work. Some people may choose to drown themselves during winter, as the water is cold and icy, your body temperature drops rapidly, you may experience shock, or your heart might just fail. The author also comments on how the body bloats after being in the water for a few days, and depending on where you drowned, say in the ocean, you may have wildlife marks on you. But generally speaking, the body will bloat, almost becoming unrecognizable. The body will first sink, and depending on the weather, it will eventually come up to the surface, and that depends on the weather and temperature. The hotter it is, the quicker the body will surface. A 17-year-old girl had a near-death experience of drowning. No, it wasn't suicide, but her account of her experience may be the closest we can get to imagining a person drowning. She was swimming across the lake with her friends, and mid-swim, she felt like she was detaching herself from her physical form, as if she were floating in the air while her body was unable to move in the water. Again, though, I believe everyone experiences things differently, so there's really no 100% guarantee. Chapter 9. Self-burning, or setting yourself on fire. The author gave drowning a pain level of 4 out of 5, and for this one he gave it a 5 out of 5, also stating that this was the most painful way to die, and also the kind of death that leaves someone looking unlike themselves. The pain starts from the outer level, as in the skin, and it leaves a person alive for a long time before they can actually die. Of course, it may also depend on how big the fire is or how much of you is on fire. But if it can cause death, a person may be left alive and in immense pain for quite a while. A good question is, if it's so painful, why would anyone choose this method to kill themselves? A lot of times people choose to do this as a means to protest and express themselves, standing up against something they do not believe in. This is also known as self-immolation where one kills himself by fire for political or religious reasons. Buddhist monks have been known to do this. An example would be Quan Duc, a monk who protested the South Vietnamese government by burning himself alive in 1963. A few other Tibetan monks have also done this in protest of the Chinese government. 
The author again goes into details about the best way and the surefire way to die via this method. No pun intended. What does one need to prepare? If one uses gasoline as an accelerant, how much should they use? Do you intend on burning the house down with you, or you want to keep the fire contained? The author explains that if one third of your body is burned, you have a 50% chance of dying, but if any higher than that, your chances of dying increases dramatically, which makes sense. While some may die on the spot, some may be taken to the hospital, get treated, only to die hours or days later. But the author doesn't think death is the worst scenario about lighting yourself on fire. The worst scenario is being badly burnt, in pain, disfigured, but still able to somehow continue living, sometimes on your own, sometimes with the help of hospital equipment. A woman used this method to try to kill herself, but instead of taking her life, she ended up hospitalized for over three years, had multiple facial reconstruction surgeries, but even then, she would never be able to go back to her old self. In 1970, a 22-year-old man in Seoul, South Korea, was protesting against the labor environment situation at the time. He was an activist and was very passionate about people's rights, so he chose to make a final statement. He set himself on fire in Pyeonghwa Market. He did not die right then and there, but was taken to the hospital and died later that night at around 10 p.m., approximately nine hours after the fire. His last words to his mother were, I'm hungry. Just the fact that this person was probably in agonizing pain for nine hours is terrifying. In cases like these, it can be a very slow death, but knowing that they died for a cause that they strongly supported made the situation different from the suicide cases we would usually hear about. Chapter 10. Freezing As you can imagine, this method requires a lot of preparation and is considered a hassle in the author's opinion, but he also states that it's a rather comfortable way to die and your body tends to be in good condition, appearance-wise. If you can find a location for this, great but not everyone has access to freezing environments or a walk-in freezer. But then again, you don't always need freezing temperatures to be able to die from this. A lot of people reportedly die from normal cold weather, and it's also not considered a common way to kill oneself. We often hear in movies when people are trapped somewhere and freezing, they always say things like, don't go to sleep, can't fall asleep, which is a real thing, because when your body reaches a certain temperature, you will begin to feel tired and sleepy. Then confusion might set in. And once you do fall asleep, you very likely won't wake up. According to those who have experienced this but lived, they state that they first felt sleepy, and as they drifted off, they start hallucinating all these different things, and some may even hear music. Although it's not really common for people to make trips to freezing areas to die using this method, it still happens. A woman's skeleton was discovered in June of 1981 in Hokkaido, Japan. Her skeleton was scattered in a few different places, very likely the work of scavengers. A bottle of sleeping pills and a bottle of whiskey was discovered near the bones, which could indicate that the woman tried to ease the cold by taking pills and drinking. A train ticket was discovered amongst her belongings, which indicated that she had been dead in the mountains for about eight months. Clearly, this woman was not found in good condition, considering she was mostly eaten by animals. 
So the whole looking good in death might not necessarily apply for all cases. The author makes it sound as peaceful as going to sleep, but I mean, being very cold is quite uncomfortable. But I guess once you get over the initial discomfort, it could work. Chapter 11. Special Cases So, anything that didn't make the cut but is worth mentioning is in this last chapter. Let's discuss the first one, dying from hunger. A person can only survive a week or two without water, but can survive for about a month without food. The process is slow. A lot of elderly people die every year from starvation because of being neglected, because of being sick, or they are unable to leave the house. They may not have children or friends who check up on them on a regular basis, and they may also not want to inconvenience others around them. This is not necessarily suicide, but there have been cases where people choose to die from hunger. Two Japanese sisters were discovered in their apartment in August of 1985. The only reason they were discovered was because of the smell of their corpse. The story itself is extremely tragic, so here goes. The older sister, who was a high schooler at the time, also worked full-time in order to help care for her sick and dying mother. Then, as the two girls were growing up, her younger sister also began showing signs of mental instability, causing her to often get bullied at school. As for her father, he was working elsewhere at the time and rarely came home. And when he finally did appear, he had racked up an enormous amount of debt. Soon after, he died from cancer. So now, all these people would call and harass the two sisters to pay up. And soon after that, the mother also passed away from her illness. It was around this time that the older sister reached her breaking point and just kind of said, fuck it all, to the world. She stopped going to work, stopped going to school, stopped paying the bills, and their electricity and water eventually got cut off. Neighbors tried to offer assistance, but every time they reached out, they would get turned away by the older sister. Investigators later believed that the older sister had plans to end her and her sister's lives due to their life conditions. She was young, tired, stressed, and experiencing all these difficulties in life we wouldn't expect a teenager to have to go through. In the end, she was probably too tired to even actively commit suicide. Next, we have quicksand. This is a strange one, and I remember seeing this meme online saying, uh, when I was a kid, I thought that quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem. And kind of true. I have never had to experience quicksand in my life, and I'm very glad. So obviously this is not a very convenient way to die, since you would have to find quicksand, and the suffocation process is pretty painful. Next up, death by bears. Or maybe just big-ass wild animals that can really cause a lot of damage. In 1989, a 67-year-old woman in Kumamoto, Japan, walked to a bear farm, or basically where they kept a bunch of bears, and she casually threw herself over the fence. Workers at the bear farm heard a noise and they all went to check, and all they saw were herds of bears squished together, and when they finally separated, they saw the woman's body torn to pieces. The woman was rumored to have been slightly mentally unstable and was a devout Buddhist. She did leave a suicide note for her husband, 
and she was also known to have talked about death by tiger or bear, and in the end, she chose bears. I don't have to point this out, but being torn apart by wild animals is definitely a painful way to die. Finally, we arrive at the very last method. Suicide device. This is basically euthanasia or assisted suicide, and this device was created by a doctor named Jack Kevorkian. In the year 1990, a woman by the name of Janet Adkins from Portland, Oregon, sought him out. She had been diagnosed and suffering from Alzheimer's and did not intend to live anymore. Dr. Kevorkian met the woman in his Volkswagen in Michigan, explained the procedure to her, and she agreed to it. He hooked her up to his device, and the interesting thing is the person intending to die had to press the button to release a lethal dose of potassium chloride, not the doctor. I think this method kind of blurs the line between suicide and homicide. The reason Janet Atkins traveled to Michigan for this was simple. There was no law in Michigan that could prevent or punish someone for assisted suicide, whereas in Oregon, it was considered second-degree murder. Dr. Kevorkian assisted in multiple suicides and was finally charged for second-degree murder in the year 1999. What are your thoughts on euthanasia? So, that pretty much sums up all the chapters in the book. Was a heavy read, and probably a heavy listen for some of you guys, but at the same time also freaking weird and fascinating. For me at least. Now, on to tidbits surrounding the publication of this book. The book was not labeled not suitable for children or minors. Basically, it was in bookstores all over Japan, and anyone could just walk in, pick it up, and purchase it. Interestingly enough... The book was probably most popular with young adults and teens, maybe because of its novelty. As is the case with most controversial topics, there were those that were in support of this book, and those who saw this as a major crime. It's easy to see how this book could be a complete turnoff for some people, and although it never encourages people to commit suicide, it can still egg people on, and maybe some might want to try it. Or if people were suicidal to begin with and they get a hold of it, they'd go through the book and find the chapters detailing the easiest and most comfortable way to die. Many suicide victims discovered after this book was published were actually found in possession of this book, and many of them were young people, students. This didn't just happen in Japan, but there were also a few cases here in Taiwan as the book was also translated to Chinese. Also, the fact that the book analyzes which suicide is more effective. People have said that it's made suicide even more fatal, as the readers now know what works and what doesn't work. This is not proven to be caused by the book, but it's hard not to want to connect the two. Due to the negative reaction from the public, the author decided to publish a second book in response to the negative reaction. He included all types of fan mail and hate mail, he received after his suicide manual came out. And in a way, it was just to show the public how this topic needs to be discussed and what people all over Japan think about this topic. Sometimes when something is sad and horrible, we tend to avoid talking about it, like death and suicide. But not talking about it doesn't mean people don't think about it, and it most certainly doesn't mean it won't happen. If you want to look at this book in a positive way, the author probably opened up the dialogue for suicide. 
Considering how suicide rates can be pretty high in Japan, it could force people to face a situation instead of pretending everything's fine and everyone's happy. Maybe some people picked up the book with the intention of understanding suicide a bit more, or maybe some to get ideas on how to kill themselves. Or maybe some were on the fence about suicide, but this book could have very well turned them away from suicide. Who knows? This book seems to still be available in Japan, but with more restrictions. But it's banned in many places, including Hong Kong and Taiwan. I tried looking for a copy, but no luck. As for the author, what's he up to nowadays? In the year 2017, he came out with another book. It's the weirdest turn ever, so don't be too shocked. The book's title is roughly translated as Living at Zero Yen. As in how to live life without spending a single dime. The book talks about how to have your own mini farm, how to not spend too much money and have all the resources you need, how to live a peaceful and sustainable life. In a sense, this is still a manual, but on how to live without overspending. You don't need a well paid job or tons of savings to live life. If you want to make it work, there are plenty of ways to do it. I guess I can see a slight correlation between his two major books, but one thing is for sure. He likes to focus on those who seem to be marginalized in society, which in a way isn't a bad thing. In a news article dated earlier this January, it stated that, quote, the number of suicides in Japan fell for the 10th consecutive year in 2019 and marked the first time ever the number was below 20,000, end quote. The highest it's ever been was around the year 2003, where 34,427 people died by suicide. That number dropped quite a bit, so that's great news. Although it's been dropping, it's still considered a country with a relatively high suicide rate, along with South Korea. In 2017, the General Principles of Suicide Prevention Policy was created to help lower suicide rate. By offering therapy and consultation services to people who may need it, especially young people who are struggling in the current economy and society. In other news, a movie came out in the year 2003 titled The Suicide Manual, and it's not exactly the same as the book, as the book was just a manual, no storyline, but they added some supernatural elements to it. The movie is basically about a suicide manual that people seem to get a hold of, and if you have it or if you've read it, you are driven to commit suicide in one way or another. It's not a super great movie, but the premise is interesting. I found the movie on YouTube, but it only has French subtitles, so if you're into that, go ahead and look for it. So, there you have it. The book about how to kill yourself with detailed instructions and more ways than you can think of. What do you think? Should the book be available to the public? Should it be banned and burned for good? At first, I was a bit appalled that a book like this could exist, because I believe if this book lands in the wrong hands, things can definitely go wrong. But then again, it does help bring light to an ongoing issue that's been hanging around Japan for years. If you or anyone you know could be struggling with this, remember to always talk to someone, a professional. There are suicide prevention hotlines all over the world, so it's always worth a shot. Let people help you.
Thank you all for coming back for part two. Not an easy listen for some, but definitely a subject we should all be more aware of. Stay safe, be kind to yourself, and till next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Asian Madness Podcast. If you enjoyed my content, please rate and review me on iTunes. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or email me at asianmadnesspod at gmail.com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.